Hey, James. I heard you're not going to be able to run with us today. Is that true? Yep. Why is that? Because I'm at. Really sorry to hear that. Relax, Ted. It's just practice. Hey. If you can't practice, you can't practice. You're hurt, you're hurt. It's as simple as that. But it ain't about that. At all. You're sitting in here, you're supposed to be the franchise player. And yet here we are, talking about you missing practice. We're talking about practice. You understand me? Practice. Not a game. Not a game, not the game you go out there and die for, right? Play every weekend like it's your last, right? No, we talking about practice, man. Practice. You know you're supposed to be out there. You know you're supposed to lead by example. You're just shoving that all aside. And so here we are, Jamie. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game. We're talking about practice with your team, with your teammates. The only place that we get to play together, we got control over. Rest of the time, it's us 11 against those 11. We're talking about practice, man. I'm talking about practice, and you can't do it because you're hurt, right? It's fine by me. Tell you what, do me a favor. When you get out there, set the cones so the other reserves can do a little passing drill. <laughs> you want me to set up cones? I really appreciate it. <laughs> Colin, go set the cones up. Figure you asked you, mate. Was it talking to you, big man? Colin, set up the cones. Isaac's right, he asked you. You are a second teamer. <laughs> oh. That's got a sting. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are covering Ted Lasso, Season 1, Episode 6, Two Aces. I <laughs> swear to you, I almost lost. It was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Did you hear me pause? <laughs> Hard habits to break, I guess, even though oh, we've been... four years of saying lost. <laughs> we've been away from it for over a month now. I know. Yeah, but I'm not away from Lost. I think I think I need to remind everybody of that. That yeah, I am still watching. I'm still watching one to two episodes of Lost a day right now. You're uh, yeah, you're uh, you're you're you've re you've started your rewatch again. We're at the end of season two now. Ooh, you're getting to some good stuff. Heck yeah, getting to some good. Michael stuff. just came back and he just committed murder. So Anna Lucia and Libby are dead. Yep. That was shocking for the kids, by the really? way. Really? Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Danny, Danny's laying down, she's watching it. She sits straight up. She goes, What? <laughs> <laughs> when you know there are big moments like that coming up, yeah. you need to record reactions for me. I'm going, you know what? When 
when uh when echo when when echo you know la la yeah. la 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 when that happens i'll record it because that will shock them because it shocked me um you, you need to record that and you need to record not penny's boat oh my gosh that, okay i'll do that I and and um the incident oh yeah 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 absolutely i'll record it as i'm shaking from my own crying <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because there's it's it's still one of my favorite videos of all time on youtube is there is a video and i, I wish i could find it um of a father recording his kids reaction uh watching empire for the first time we did that oh did you we have a picture of Danny with her eyes are as big as saucers. She's like three years old. She's got both hands clamped over her mouth and she's just looking at it going, her mind melted that day. It was the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a video. Yeah. It's a video of online of father watching his, like his son and daughter and they're watching empire and they're watching the, no, I'm your father scene for the first time. And their reaction is just like, what yeah like, well it takes a minute to process too yeah because you're like wait wait what what wait what press wait, well, rewind well, it. What? that's <laughs> and i know we're, we're kind of all, we're not we're not on the topic of ted lasso yet but that's one of the reasons why i tell people like anytime they're showing their kids those movies for the first time and they want to start at episode one i'm like no you have to start at Star Wars. You have to start at four first. You have to do four, five, six, four Empire alone. Yes. For yeah. just purely four Empire alone, because otherwise it ruins that shock. Yeah. It ruins that. Like I'll actually like I'll tell people, I'm like, go four, five, six, one, two, three. Or if you if you're feeling a little bit weird, daring, go one, two, or no, go four, five, one, two, three, six. Because mm. then one, two, and three play as a flashback after that moment before you get to the conclusion in Return of the Jedi. You could do four, five, one, two. Four, five, one, two. You said one, two, three? I said one, two, three, and then six. So, so four, five, one, two, three, solo, and then six. Yeah, you could do that too. And you'd have to put Rogue One in there too. There Anyways, we're we're talking yeah. about two lace two two laces two aces <laughs> two, two laces. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a day already. <laughs> okay. Um, so can we please just? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really excited. I'm really, really, really excited about I, this episode oh, because me... <laughs> because because so, uh, do it. So, okay. So let me just say, like we usually do every episode, we're going to try our best to remain spoiler free as much as possible in the main discussion. However, there will be a spoiler full talk towards the end of the discussion before we get into our favorite quotes. So if you're watching for the first time and you don't want to hear spoilers, uh, we will let you know right as we're about to go into that spoiler territory. Then just check the show notes to find out when to come back into the episode to hear us talk about quotes and all the other stuff that happens. So that out of the way. You were so excited to talk about this episode. And I mean, look, there's so much that happens in this episode, but the biggest thing is it's Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. Danny <laughs> Rojas. Oh my gosh. The best addition ever. Like, like <laughs> Danny Rojas being added into Ted Lasso is to me, okay, this is just to me, is like Amy Farrah Fowler joining Big Bang Theory. Like it just injected life into the show. 
Yeah. I mean, not that the show needed it. The show was already great to begin with, but it just took the show. Danny's addition just takes the show to a whole nother level. And it really shows how terrible Jamie is because Danny Rojas is just as talented as Jamie Tart. I would actually take it a step further and say that Danny's addition to this, it's a ploy by Ted, which is incredibly masterful. Because not, I don't. I'll take it a step further and say Danny's more talented. Oh yeah. Well, because he has, he has that quality to him that Jamie still needs to make himself the best player he could possibly be. Is it? And it's that having a coachable attitude. Not only that, but the team player aspect of the whole thing. Right. Absolutely. He, he is literally. He is encouraging his other teammates. The moment he's introduced to them. And he and he stops and he comes back. He goes, hello, coaches. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to show you that football is life. <laughs> like, I mean, he just, you're like, yes, yes. What is he going to do next? Yeah. I mean, and he goes out there and he he plays the play on the pract- on the pitch. He, you know, they, they complete the play. He goes and he high fives everybody on the team, including... Yes second team which are over to the side like he is a 100% team player yeah he is the opposite of Jamie tries to high five Jamie and Jamie's like (laughs) ah like he whips it like he smacks him away like a gnat and it doesn't even deter him no like Like Danny's like whatever I don't care (laughs) (laughs) but before we get into all of the Danny Rojas of the episode and everything that kind of comes with it with Jamie and everything. I I just want to take us back to the very beginning of the episode because the episode does start as a continuation of the last episode. And it starts in a very somber moment with Ted taking his wedding ring off and putting it away. So we've got, I thought that was rather quick for Ted. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with you. Um, but it is a little bit of a closure of what we got from Michelle last episode in that mm. their wedding, their marriage is over. Um, but you're right. I felt like with Ted, Ted is such a hopeful person that mm-hmm. I feel like un- I feel like until divorce papers were officially signed, he would have been the type to keep the ring on to keep the ring on. I think he would have been the type to keep the ring on just because it was a comfort to him for the rest of the season. Yeah, or at least on him. Yeah. Like maybe in his pocket or something. Like it needed to be on his person as that comfort, as that, like the blanket for him. A a rare misstep to the writers. I mean, I get for him to take it off. Yeah. I, I get why they did it, but I mean, I would have liked to have seen, I would have been a little bit more accepting of, like I said, taking it off, putting it in his pocket this way. Yeah. Like it's still on him. But it's not there. Or he puts it on his other hand. Yeah. Or yeah. Or even that as well. Um, But I do like the next scene with Ted coming in to Beard and Nate. And he's he's just kind of rambling off. And he's talking about like how we should have these names for each other. And he calls Nate Sweetie. And it's just I it. It makes me love how that scene ends. And I know we're I'm getting into quotes a little bit early, but you know, Ted walks out of the room and Nate says, Is he all right? And Beard's like, No. And then it goes to the credits. It goes to the opening credits of the episode. Yeah. But I do, 
I, I do appreciate the fact that they, because we mentioned this last episode, how these two episodes kind of really do tie together more specifically with Jamie as the, the focal point of both. Um, I do appreciate the fact that the writers gave us the taking off of the wedding ring, realizing that Ted's not all right into cold open so that once we got past those opening credits, it's back to we've got a fresh Ted Lasso. We've got a Fred. We got a fresh Ted Lasso. Yep. And now we're back to the team. Yes. You know, and some um, very exciting new life injected into the team. <laughs> and I would I mean, I would say that. With the exception of Sam Obasanya, Danny Rojas is a fan favorite um, character. I mean, he's just—I don't—I don't know anybody that watches the show that says Danny Rojas. No, I will even—I will tell you right now. Like, I have the full collection of Funko Pops <clears throat> for Ted Lasso. So it's Ted, Beard, Roy, Jamie, Sam, Keely, and Rebecca. I'm honestly surprised there is not a Danny Rojas Funko Pop. We need Danny and Sam. There is Sam. I said Sam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. we need Danny. If we yeah. have Sam, we need Danny. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly surprised. Now that's not to say Funko won't release more right. later. Because he should have been of... in the initial rollout. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with that. So um so a quick little tidbit about um the actor that plays uh Danny Rojas, Cristo Fernandez. He was a professional soccer player before taking up acting. So this is him playing soccer. Oh, that's Which, fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. So just that's a little tidbit about our beautiful, wonderful, spunky little Danny <laughs> Rojas. <laughs> yeah, I didn't just uh, love him so much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't take place. I didn't notice that at all. Or I didn't real I didn't know that about the actor at all. I so knew that I knew that at first. I knew that when I first started watching the show. And I forgot it until today when I was prepping and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean like I have it like it's funny because like notes, when I take notes on the show, I, I make them bullet points, but when it comes to Danny Rojas, it literally just says Danny Rojas, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> hey, I have three exclamation points too. <laughs> Followed by football is life exclamation point. Which I have oh, two. Which you have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because you're right, he's such a dynamic character, and we are in the very early stages of Danny Rojas. There's so much more to come. And he's wonderful. Like every little layer of him is wonderful throughout the show. But um, it to me, I was telling um Dave last night when we were watching the show, to me. By the time we get to Danny Rojas, it almost feels like his introduction to the show is for Hamilton fans. Like when George Washington is is introduced mm. to the show, you know, that's He's a good like, comparison. George Washington, you know, and like you just get pumped up for George Washington to be there. I have the same like swell of pumped upness when Danny Rojas joins Ted Lasso. It's kind of like the writers, and it's very similar to Hamilton with George Washington yeah. coming in. It's almost like the writers are like, oh, you think you like the show now? Right. Boom. Yeah. Here Let me go. show you this. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Just, yeah. Just wait till we show you this part. And in comes in Danny Rojas. Right. And But I mean, again, like we're talking about our love for the character and how much he's a fan favorite. But story-wise, Danny is very important to the story. In particular, this particular moment with mm-hmm. Jamie. Yes. Because 
it really does bring Danny coming into play, literally coming into play, knocks Jamie down a peg. It humanizes oh. Jamie a little bit. Mm, I wouldn't well, say it okay. humanizes him, but I definitely had a smile on my face that Jamie was being put in his place. He's being put in his place and he's being shown that he is not the greatest player. No, he's, he's making mistakes and Danny is not. He's making preventable mistakes. Yeah. Danny is, Danny is a better player. Yes. And Danny shows him that. Not to rub it in his face. What was that? He's a better human. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he shows Jamie that he's not the best. And the and the best part about Danny showing him that Danny is a better player than Jamie is that that's not the intention. That's not Danny's intention. It's Danny's intention. Like, even when he says, like, like, even when he says, like, by the end of it, he tells Jamie, like, oh, like, it was a pleasure to do this. Let's do this again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's fun for Danny. Danny Rojas is the reminder of why it's like he never lost that little boy wonder of the fact that he gets to do the thing he loves the most as his job. And it's not even as a job, you know, like, like all of these other, all of these other teammates for right now are in this, I'm a famous football star and I have to act a certain way kind of mentality. And Danny Rojas comes in and says, "Uh, you guys, you understand we get to play football for our jobs, right? Like our life is wonderful. And I think that that's kind of like that, that injection of that fresh perspective of the, of the, we get to play a game for, we get to, we get to live our dreams, right? Yeah. Of, of, it's like a reminder of the rest of this team has kind of forgotten that, that they're living their dreams right now. And they're all caught up in the, in the day-to-day branding that comes with living your dreams. And Danny Rojas could not care less about what comes with the fact that he gets to live his dreams, just that he gets to live his dreams. Yeah. And not even, yeah, it's just that he gets to play football. Yeah. It's life. Football is life. Football is life. Like it is really a mantra to, to him. And like, I know a lot of us as Ted Lasso fans, we say football is life because it's one of the most quotable lines from the show. And it's like, (laughs) and we love it because like, that's what we love about the show. But like, when you look at it from Danny's perspective, you're absolutely right. Like, it legitimately is like he's just happy to play football. Yeah. He's like, you guys understand that this is the, like we get to do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> like we 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 yeah, we get paid to do this. Like yeah. and I feel like Danny's the kind of person that would be like if they went to Danny and said, Well, we have to cut your salary in half. Okay. Yeah. Football. He's is the life. Keanu Reeves of the team. Pretty much. Yeah. That's a that's a good comparison. <laughs> He is George Washington and Keanu Reeves all wrapped up into one character. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison, too. Yep. Um, yeah, so seeing Jamie and Danny compete, you know, hitting the goalpost and, and Jamie misses and then Danny hits it. That's a huge blow to Jamie's ego. But how cute is Danny? Because he's just like, oh, man, that was really close. I can't yeah. wait to do this tomorrow. And then he just goes, Danny Rojas. And he away. <laughs> he's still encouraging Jamie. Without, without, uh, without doing it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. It's not intentional. It's, 
it, it is like it's not intentional. It's not intentional with the point of malice. Like yeah. it's intentional. Like he wants to motivate people to to be good and to be better, but he's not doing it maliciously. He's not. Do- yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing it because he just genuinely just wants to be around the best, the best players. Yeah. Because because he's Danny Rojas. Oh yeah. gosh, I love him so much. I'm so <laughs> excited he's here. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm I'm really glad that like we get to meet Danny at this point because he is a. a I don't want to say he's a breath of fresh air because the show is not to the point where we're choking on it, that we need a breath of fresh air. He's just a very much appreciated and greatly loved added bonus. Yeah. But at the same time, Jamie has been a big bummer. And I think that this was very smart of the writers to, and to introduce Danny Rojas at this point in the season, because before I, I remember I, you know, I've, I've watched the show for the first time recently enough that I remember saying, I don't know how much longer I can do this Jamie Tart nonsense. And then Danny Rojas comes on and he gives that life back into the viewer, I think. Well, because by the end of this episode, we finally see something out of Jamie that we haven't seen before. And that's a hint of a team player. And Rebecca ruins everything. Well, yeah, as well. Mm, that's a little spoilery, so we'll talk about that in the in the spoilery. It? it happens at the end of this episode. Yeah, but the true the true process behind it is spoilery. Oh well, I'm just talking <clears throat> about what happens at the end of this episode. Well, because we find out that in the beginning of this episode, that if Ted decides to keep Jamie Bench, we find out that Jamie is a player on loan from Manchester. Right. Um, <clears throat> and if the if Ted is planning on keeping him benched. Uh, Manchester is going to want him back. And right. Ted's intention, rightfully as a coach, was that this was not meant for Jamie to be benched it's permanently. It's a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. Exactly. He even says it during the press conference. Jamie needs. Jamie knows what we need from him. Right. And that's to be a team player. And that pisses Jamie off. He's in that press conference room until he hears that. And then he storms off like a child. Yep. Well, because he is a child. Yeah. Although he does some growing up in this episode. He does. And to Keeley's benefit. To Keeley's benefit. And also we, we get a huge insight as to why Jamie is the person that he is by the end of this episode. Yes. Yes. Huge insight. We get the first, we get the first hint that there is a person underneath that douchebag exterior. And we find out why he's been influenced to become that douchebag. Right. As well. A hundred percent. And, and I think that, I think that without Danny Rojas joining the team, I'm not sure that that growth would have been made from Jamie. Oh, I, I 100% don't think we would have gotten this growth from Jamie. Right. Um, Jamie would have been benched for a long time. He would have gone back to Man United and or Man City or whatever, and it would have been fine. Like yeah. we never would have heard from him again. Yeah, he, yeah. That's why I said Danny Rojas coming in was key. Yes, to to yes. Jamie's character. Yes. Um, it's great that Danny stays, and it's not just a temporary thing brought in to help Jamie, and then kind of Danny's written off. Danny becomes a huge part of this story 
Yes. You know, till the end. So I'm glad that he sticks around, but you're absolutely right. At the time that he was brought in was key and elemental to Jamie's development. Yes. As a character 100%. and a person. Um, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, so we do though, get a nice little insight to, um, the superstition of pro athletes. Not only that, but we do, we get that, we get that the superstition, but another thing I really appreciated from, from all of that. And I think a lot of that stems from, for anybody who's not watching um, and doesn't know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney purchased AFC, not Rexham, AFC Richmond. Re- welcome uh, to what? Wrexham Rexham AFC. And there's this television series about it and the, the history of the show, or the history of the team and their purchase of it and everything. But what I love about the show is they focus not just on the team, and there's actually very little focus on Ryan and Rob. Um, they focus more on the team and the town and the history of the town. And one of the latest episodes of Welcome to Rexham in the second season, they actually dove into the history of the town in how there was a mining accident in which like a lot of miners died mm-hmm. from and that was in the town of Wrexham. And that and that incident plays a lot of part of to the history of the actual team. Of a mm-hmm. of Rexham AFC. So hearing that in re-watching Ted Lasso now, after watching all of that from Rexham, I actually really appreciated that they not only threw they didn't just throw a superstition out there, they put a little bit of history behind it. Mm-hmm. In like these soldiers going to war and how they were brought in to be players, but it wasn't really that they were drafting them to go to war and the training room was where they did their physicals. Like I really, really appreciated this, this time around that there was actually history behind the superstition. Yeah. And, and I liked it that it was the pub owner who told the story. And they did it at the pub. Well, because and, May is just like a historian when it comes to that team in that town. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. And she definitely, that pub is a, a character in itself mm-hmm. um, in, in the show. But yeah, May, I forgot her name. Um, I just love it. She, she, that You know, she just takes command of all of these players. You know, she's like, listen, guys, this whole place is about to be bananas. So can we just get the meeting going? Because I, you guys need to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, although like it's business for her, but none of those people are there to drink. They just want to see AFC Richmond. Right. Right. You know, they just want to see the teams and, and they knows that she's not dumb. Yeah. She's not stupid, but you're right. We get, we get a little bit of the superstition of sports players in this, in this episode. And you know, the, the, uh, the curse lifting ceremony that they do in the treatment room and eventually on the pitch is one of my all time favorite sequences in of the entire series. Like this is one of my favorite episodes, I think, because it introduces Danny Rojas. We see the breakthrough with Jamie, um, at the end we have, um, the, the sacrificial fire. I mean, the only real bummer about the whole episode is that we have Rebecca at one of her worst moments. And what, and what moment is, is that? Oh, uh, sending Jamie back to, well, again, it's, it's spoilery because it's, it's said 
I apologize. I say we try to avoid spoilers as much as possible, but I feel like I kind of have to mention this as well. She says by the end of the episode that Man City chose the option to take Jamie back. Right. We find out later in the season that is not the case. Right. Rebecca is the one that instigated it because well, I think that we get. I think that we can infer that probably, but it's. I don't it's think not, that that's a spoiler. It's not discovered until later. There's oh. a huge there's a huge moment of revelation with Rebecca confessing, and she says that she instigated the the trade of Jamie Tart back of Jamie Tart back to Man City, and we find out because we saw in the last episode Ted pulling Jamie was key to them actually winning a game. Her plan is kind of fumbling. So what she's in a desk and she's in a desperate mode right now to still make this fail. Mm -hmm. And so she instigates Jamie going back to man city because she knew Ted was, she knew to Ted, Jamie was part of that plan to have the two aces. Cause right. he says that to Rebecca. Right. So what can she do? Pull the rug out from under Ted and get rid of one of the aces. Right. Right. And which just, it's such a, it's just such a petty, awful move for anybody to do, you know, because she's, it, it's not even that she's trying to tank the team, which we all know because that was, that was set up from the get go. She's doing this to people, yeah. you know, and that, I mean, this is, this is a boy, this is a 23 year old boy. In, in Jamie Tart, he's not really a man yet, you know, that is at a very pivotal part of his own individual life. And she uses him as a pawn, which really shows that she is not, she's not firing on all cylinders because we've seen, we've seen, we've seen cracks in Rebecca's rough exterior at this point. And it's like, she does this last crazy thing. And she does it. She does it to the team, but she does it to Jamie, and it really throws Jamie off track for a while. And um, it's just, it's. I hate it. Well, I hate it so much. And I feel like to kind of play to the other side of that because I agree everything that with everything that you just said. But I feel like in this episode, I feel like this episode is also a point in time where we see Rebecca the most conflicted. Uh, mm, with mm -hmm. herself and I feel like that desperation plays into it um, because you're right we see Ted talk about the two aces she gets a glimpse into his plan finds a way to screw up that plan in instigating Jamie going back to Man City and I almost wonder if that happened if that was already in the works when mm, she told Ted because and here's my reasoning behind that Rebecca does kind of have a little bit of a breakthrough in this episode. And it's actually thanks to Sam because Sam is the one that comes to her office and invites her to be part of that ceremony. God, I love Sam. And she says like, no, I don't need to be a part of it. And Sam says, no, like we agreed the whole team needs to be there. And that's and, you. And you are a part of this team. This is your team. He says the words, Miss Welton, it's your team. Yeah. That's a breakthrough for Rebecca because she has continued up until this point to see this as Rupert's team. Right. That's what she is. That is what she is trying to destroy is Rupert's team. But Sam throws that at her. 
this is your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes her go to that ceremony. She goes to the, the, the curse breaking ceremony. She throws in the newspaper. And I think that's one of the reasons why at the end of the night, when they're all outside and Ted is about to go enjoy the drink invites Leslie and Leslie goes up there too. She storm. She kind of storms off. She throws the jacket off behind her. I think in that moment, Rebecca is frustrated at herself because I think the plan to move Jamie was already done. Yeah, because really sticking it to Rupert would have been making the team unbelievably successful. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, to to realize not destroying you know, it. If if she thought it was her team, right, right, yes. exactly, right. But yeah. I think that she was so short sighted at the very beginning, and now she's trying. Now she's starting to see the bigger picture. And yeah. she's realizing that she's made mistakes. Absolutely. I think that you're completely right there. But I don't think she knows that that's what's happening to her. Well, because I think if she didn't feel like this was her team and she really wanted to destroy this team, why would if if Sam told her everybody needs to be there for this to work, why would she not not go? That's true. Because that's then. True. It throws, not everybody was there. The curse isn't broken. This team still believes they're cursed and they're going to fail. Right. But Sam telling her this is your team is that breakthrough for Rebecca that Rebecca goes. She sees all of these people come together. And I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why she's as frustrated as she is when she walks off. Because yeah. I honestly think Rebecca has realized at that point she has made a mistake. Yeah, I would say so. You know, and I think think that's pretty much solidified at the end when Ted very quickly reveals where he got the cookies. Yeah. It's the first time he's revealed he makes them. Right. To Rebecca. I like, just cracked the code on the recipe and she, you can see she is completely thrown by that. Yeah. He's not buying them. He is making her cookies Every, every day. Every day. Yep. He is making those biscuits for her. That is significant. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually do have a note on uh, on on Ted in that. Um, so we see earlier on in the episode is that, you know, uh, Jamie is benched. They're going out to practice and Jamie refuses to go on the pitch. And he says the what's the matter, Ted? It's just practice. And then we get the Alan the, Iverson speech. The Alan Iverson <laughs> speech. I'm so we all glad, know it. I'm we, so glad you knew what it was. To anybody we all so, know. <laughs> so to anybody who doesn't know out there, uh, because you may not have been a basketball fan, I me being from Philly. Right. I immediately knew what Me this was. Basketball fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a basketball fan. So you knew what this was. There is yes. a moment. Oh, actually, almost 20 years ago now at this point where that's crazy. Allen Iverson. I think, yeah, I think it's like 17 years now at this point that that, that moment took place. There's a moment where Allen Iverson, when he was playing for the 76ers of the Phillies, missed a practice and he gave a press conference. And it is almost word for word what 
Ted says and uses against Jamie. Um, you know, we're just talking about practice. It's not a game. We're talking about like, so there's that whole rant. But what practice. I found, what I found really interesting about this is that Ted is such a positive person. He needed to find something to use as inspiration to get angry. Yeah. He couldn't just blanketly get angry. He needed to find something to inspire him to get angry. Yeah. So he uses that against Jamie because it's a big switch. He he goes off on that, on that whole Allen Iverson speech. But by the end, he's like, you know what? While you're at, he's like, why don't you go out there? And while you're out there, you can set up the cones. That's not part of the Allen Iverson speech. Right. That's him using that and kind of transitioning into like, okay, now I'm going to use this. So I have had students in the past that make me so crazy. I can barely make out a sentence and I'm so mad that I feel like a crazy person when I'm talking to them because they have made me, they have taken me past my point of patience and positivity and anything else that makes me um, an effective teacher. And I think in this moment, Ted Lasso has that, that experience, you know, of the, I am so angry with you that I can't make I cannot make a full sentence. And I think that you're right, that that he reverts back to this tirade that he can, you know, pull from to yell at him just because I think he needs a minute to collect his own thoughts on what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because even Jamie says, like, you want me to set up cones? He's like, I really appreciate it. I really just, like, appreciate it. <laughs> walking away. Like, he's still th- almost like thanking him for doing it as he's walking <laughs> away. But the reason why I brought this whole tirade up in the beginning is because to go back to that moment at the end with Ted and Rebecca, he is legitimately angry. No, he's so mad. And he has no inspiration to be angry. He Mm -hmm. is mad for the first time. Yep. Like legitimately uninspiring angry because he storms into Rebecca's office and he's still like, he's still Ted in that he's apologetic. You know, he says like, uh, you know, I, I apologize for that. Tom, sorry. I took that tone, but like, and like, even when he takes out the biscuits, he's like physically shaking the box yeah. before putting on, you know, like he is legitimately pissed off Ted at that. Point. Yeah. Well, he has every right to be, he made a yeah. breakthrough. He made a breakthrough with his toughest problem and he finally gets to see the fruits of his labor and exasperation maybe play out in a positive way and Rebecca just basically screws him over yeah uh you know so like I said I I believe that that deal was already done before all of this before the the curse breaking ceremony I think it was already done and mm-hmm. Rebecca has legitimately she has come to the realization by the end of this episode she's made a mistake oh she's made a horrible because mistake. we are going to see starting next episode not to dive too deep into it we're going to see a different Rebecca going forward we're finally going to see Rebecca yeah yeah, we're we're in my opinion. No, but. I agree. We're we're going to see more of the yeah. real Rebecca going forward after this point. Because right. she, she has made a mistake. She knows it and she's regretful. So um 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, Jamie's breakthrough, though, going back to that for a second, Jamie needed a lot of people hitting him over the head with how to be a person. He's got Keely saying, you need to let other people help you. He's got Danny who comes in and is just as good as him, but he has that extra quality that he's a team player and he is, um, and he is, he is, he's a humble team player. He's not arrogant in the slightest. And then you have Ted that loses it on him, which nobody has seen Ted become really unglued yet. And then, um, and then you also have the whole um, curse breaking ceremony because mm-hmm. I don't think that he was at the meeting. He wasn't at the meeting at the bar. He wasn't. He came to the curse breaking ceremony. And um, I really like the curse breaking ceremony because you see that the two leaders, um, Roy and Jamie, you know, they go first and last with what they sacrifice. They bring extremely sentimental items with them. They understood the assignment on what to do with the sacrifice. Like Colin brought the keys to his Lamborghini, which was just the most shallow, ridiculous thing I ever saw. Um, There was somebody else that brought, what was it? The sand from the beach where he he slept with his first supermodel. Yes. Um, There was a funnel, a pair of fuzzy dice, um, pair of women's underwear, pair of, oh, that was gross. Um, a newspaper, which was from Rebecca, a light up ducky pen, an action figure. Leslie's was very sad. We yeah. got confirmation that the cat died. The cat died. <laughs> the cat died. <laughs> um, but the, the paracletes and, um, the, the wool blanket, uh, which is called blanky. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say blanky? No, I said blanket. <laughs> um, I Sam's picture of the 1994 Nigerian World Cup team. And then Nate's sunglasses threw me for a loop, too. I felt like he could have been a little bit better. I, they, they could have thought something else for him a little I- bit. I thought about that too. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I realized I was okay with the glasses because like he, he throws in, he's like a girl once told me I look like Clive Owen in these glasses. Clive Owen. Thank you. I could not figure out what he said. That's Nate sacrificing confidence. That was something that gave him confidence. So I, okay. I'm, I'm okay with the glasses because okay. I, I kind of saw that as in like, oh, somebody told him he looked like an attractive actor that probably gave him confidence that he kept wearing those glasses because those glasses gave him confidence. So because if one if one woman sees that, then other women are going to see that. So I he's sacrificing something that gave him confidence. I was okay with that. Okay. I You know what? That's a great way to look at it. I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. Um, but and I mean, then at it, the very, go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say like in, you're right. Like hearing, cause we get a lot from Roy and Jamie, not just the fact that they go first and they go last, but we get, we find out that Roy was scouted when he was nine. Crazy. This has been his entire life has been football. Phenom. Yeah. Yeah. Like at nine years old being scouted, like and and basically playing football his entire life. 
And then we get to Jamie where we find out, you know, I talked about this a little earlier. We find out the deep seated elements that make Jamie the reason why he is the way he is. And it's his father. He's got daddy issues. I'm telling you, daddy issues ruin children, ruin children. Yeah, it is. He has major father issues in that. One of the reasons why he doesn't pass the ball was because he did that. His father always encouraged him to take the ball, like to to be the leader, to score the goal yourself. Not be and the it, leader. His father didn't want him to not be, be the, the leader. leader. He just wanted him to be the best. Be the star. Be the domination. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be the one that scores the goal. Nobody else needs to score the goal but you. Right. And that really screwed up Jamie. And I think it's it's come to a point where Jamie's realizing this now. And we're going to see a lot more of that unfold as time goes on, which I think is really good. Because um, this is the beginning this episode is the very, very, very beginning of Jamie Tart's arc. And I mean, and the weird thing is that we actually don't see Jamie for a little bit after this. Which I think is okay. I do too. I remember um, thinking it was perfectly fine. Yeah. We we go a couple episodes now without seeing Jamie. And that is great because yeah. well because it makes the impact of when we see Jamie again even more important. Yes, I agree. And even more pivotal. Yes, 100%. So yeah, so I was I was okay with the fact that we don't see Jamie for a while after this episode. Um because we needed to see without seeing the little bit of growth. Mhm. And so um, but what else were you going to talk about when it comes to that? I kind of cut you off to talk about that. No, that's okay. Um, well, oh, the end, the end of the, uh, the end of the whole ceremony. My favorite part was, uh, oh, let's see if the curse has been lifted. And then they, and then they're like, oh, he's coming out. Okay, good. He's coming out. And he's like, Danny, <laughs> the, e- the eagle has landed. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out with a bottle of like really expensive tequila. And it's time to celebrate a United team. And I just thought that that was so, such a great moment because the two, the two dominant forces of the team, Roy and Jamie, both agree. No, we're not throwing that shit in the fire. No, well, and it's and it's Jamie's the one that makes the recommendation. Like he's like, "All right, muchacho, like crack that bottle open." Yes, and like he's the one, like who told him, like, "No, no, don't sacrifice this. We're gonna drink this as yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sacrifice it to our bellies." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Roy's like, uh, you know, it's known that ghosts like empty bottles of liquor more than full ones. <laughs> So I do right. like, like it at the beginning when they have that pan out shot and you can tell that the alcohol has gone into the barrel because it goes whoosh, yeah. like it goes up in flames. Really? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's great that like Danny brings that bottle in. They're standing together now as a team around mm-hmm. this barrel. It's Jamie's the one that makes the suggestion. Let's drink this as a team. And it's one of the first times that we see Roy and Jamie agree on yeah. something. Yes. There's a lot of growth in this only to be destroyed by a decision that Rebecca made. Yeah. A terrible decision. So, yeah, it's just, it's, oh man, it's, it's, it's just, but one of the, so one of the other things I want to mention too, you kind of mentioned all these different elements that kind of come together 
against Jamie to help Jamie kind of come to these realizations. You mentioned Danny Rojas. You mentioned the, the ceremony of going last in the ceremony. Um, you mentioned Keely talking to him. But one of the other things that's kind of very subtle that happens in this episode, too, is he also loses the support of Colin and McAdoo. That is big. Because they were the two guys that he knew were always under his thumb. And now, after Ted tells him to go set up the cones, he turns to Colin and he says, Colin, go out and set up the cones. And McAdoo turns on him and says, no, no, he told you to do it. Yeah. And he's like, I wasn't talking to you. And Colin's like, no, no, you're second team. You can do it. Yep. He's lost the two guys he had under him because of his. And I think it's because of his shenanigans the last game between yeah. that and the fact that he's not even practicing anymore. Like now they're starting to see Jamie for who he is, because if you have a positive force in your locker room, that's trying to do nothing but unite the team and you have, and, and that one person doesn't get with the program or change all of a sudden you can see, Oh, you're the problem. It's not anybody yeah. else. It's you. You're the problem. Well, and one of the other things too, that I just kind of realized in that, that moment where they're all in the pub and they're, they're getting ready to discuss what they're going to do. One of the other things that's kind of been like under the radar a little bit is Roy and how Roy has really come around mm -hmm. to, because he's the one in the beginning that said like, Ted's a joke. Like he, you know, nobody's going to listen to this gaffer. He's coming in with all this, like howdy do kind of stuff, <laughs> but who's the first person to stand up in the pub to tell everybody to shut up and listen. Roy. It's Roy. Yeah. Because who's the first sees, person to sacrifice. It's Roy. Yep. Because he sees now it, it hasn't been thrown in your face that he's come to the, ah, realization. Mm -hmm. Roy is very quietly and very under the radar starting to realize the impact that Ted has on that team. I think that Ted has also had a significant impact on Roy because Ted set his sights on Roy before the team. He knew that Roy was. Roy was, was the, the linchpin. Yeah. He yeah. was the linchpin. He knew that he had to get Roy on his side or at least softened enough to eventually come to his side. He had a choice in the beginning. Ted could have tried with Jamie first or Roy first. And he knew instinctively, because he's an amazing coach, that it was Roy yep. and not Jamie. And that just proves that just proves what a great coach Ted is. You know? Yeah. But it's been Phenomenal. it's been it's been great and it's been fun to kind of, like I said, see this kind of underlying acceptance mm -hmm. of Roy to Ted 100%. And, and his teachings. Even in the last episode where Ted is giving that inspirational locker room speech and he talks about the tan lines. I kind of mentioned this last episode when it switches to the, the team, Roy is laughing at that line. He's got this huge smile on his face because he appreciates the lesson and he thinks it's actually funny. Mm -hmm. Like he has come around to Ted already at this point. It, it's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, Jamie is like... really the only one now up until this point who kind of hasn't. Right. And I think even that changes by the end of this episode. Only yeah. for Rebecca to throw it all away. God, the minute he started doing that silly dance where he really let himself go and he's singing We're Richmond Till We Die and he starts like pumping his arms up and down, you know, in that silly like running man dance kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's where you really, in my opinion, that's 
where I saw the first glimpse of the real Jamie Tart of who well, Jamie and, Tart is. And even to kind of tie it to the last episode again, how you've mentioned it's it's kind of a dual episode in a Jamie Jamie uh, Jamie Tart arc. Mm-hmm. Last week's episode, the chant that he's doing is his own. He's doing the Jamie Car- Jamie Chart do 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 chant to Keeley. And by the end of this episode, he's doing the Richmond till we die. Yes. He went from me to we. Jamie is a team player now. Finally. Finally is a team player. So when we get to that moment where Ted confronts Rebecca, I think as audience members, we felt as angry as Ted. 100%. Because all of a sudden, I remember thinking that moment, yes, okay, here we go. This is going to be great. And then the next scene, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) It's we... We are legitimately as mad at Rebecca as Ted is in that moment. Yeah. I mean, like Dave even said last night, he goes, this is her, this is her worst moment. And and you know what? Like, I kind of feel like it's very similar to Jamie because Jamie kind of had his worst moment last episode where he stepped over Sam on the field, was doing the whole me, me, me thing. It took him getting down to his lowest to bring him to what is arguably some of his best. Now, Jamie does get better as he goes forward. But Jamie also isn't at his lowest yet. You don't think? No. I'll talk about that in spoilers. Okay. But I mean, but again, he needed to get to a very low point in order to start getting better. In order to start rebuilding. And I think that's what we needed from Rebecca as well. Rebecca needed to hit a very low point in order for her growth to be meaningful. Because she's hit that point, and now we're going to start seeing Rebecca's growth. Finally. Going forward. Yeah. Because I mentioned this last episode, and I'll mention it again. Next episode, episode seven, is one of my has one of my all-time favorite moments of the entire series. As ev- it's one of everybody's favorite moments, yeah. Of it's, the entire series, yeah. it is one of my favorite moments. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, I can't wait to talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I still have a couple other things, but I want to leave it to you. If you have other stuff that you want to bring up for this. No, I'm ready to talk about spoilers on my end. So you go. Um, the only other thing that I'll bring up is I love that. We see Roy reading a wrinkle in time. Yes, yes. While he's definitely. on the treadmill. And she's on the treadmill. Keely's on the treadmill. And <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make it seem like we were taking a walk together. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so adorable. Of, and I feel like in that moment, like Keely has come to the realization she knows and she feels the connection with Roy. Yes. Because to say, like, I feel like I want to take, a, I've, I wanted to make this feel like we were taking a walk together. She sees there's a connection. She oh, wants she, Roy to see there's a connection. She is messing with him big yes. time. And I love it. Yeah. Like even when she says, like when she does, the, when she does the deep dive when she, like she mentions to Rebecca, she did a deep dive on all the players. And like, did you know this? And did you know this? She reveals to Roy what she discovered about Roy. And that's that he released a rap when he was younger. <laughs> And he's like, well, hey, that was for world hunger. Oh, and it did so well. Like she's (laughs) she's totally on Roy's ass, but in such a flirtative way (laughs) that like I 
I love these early elements of Roy mm-hmm. and, and Roy and Keeley. They're, they're I really, so yeah, I do too. They're so much fun. They're, they have so much chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. I don't think she has as nearly as much chemistry with Jamie like she has with Roy. No, she was a trophy to Jamie. Right. This is a legit connection. Yes. Between the two pe- between two people. This yes. I think and I think this is one of the first connections Keely has ever had if like in a if in a, in a long time if ever. Yes. And Keely's being Keely, she's going to pursue it. Yeah. Um and then the only other thing I have before we get into spoilers is uh I'm sorry, I disagree with everybody in the pub. The Departed is one of Scorsese's best. I agree. Yeah. Forget the color of money. They're all great movies. The Departed is one of Scorsese's best. Yes, There's a reason he won the Oscar for that movie. Um, there is a, a funny little thing when um, when Roy Kent says silence during that. Uh, <laughs> silence is a Scorsese film. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Um. I really, I don't know. All right, so I'm just going to say it now. We're going to dive into spoiler territory now at this point. So uh, if you don't want to be spoiled by anything we're going to talk about for the next couple minutes, uh, now's your time to kind of fast forward. Just go into the show notes to see where to force forward to, and then we'll talk about some of our favorite quotes because I have some good ones from this episode. (laughs) I've tried so hard to not use them early because (laughs) I wanted to save them for quotes. So definitely come back for quotes uh, for this episode. But let's dive into um this uh let's let's dive into spoilers now for this uh where do you want to start jamie jamie's lowest moment yeah yeah i think jamie's lowest moment is in the locker room when his dad goes in there okay i'm glad you brought that up because i actually have that in my notes too as something to bring up during this in that you're right we see in the season finale of this season when AFC Richmond is playing Man City. We see Jamie make the pass. Yes. The, he was a team player for Man City, but a lot of that comes from what happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think if this episode didn't happen, Jamie would have been the same old player for Man Never City. Never would have made the pass. And I think that being confronted with his old team in that episode also made him rethink yeah, who he was as a player as well. But if you want, if we're going to talk about Jamie Tart's lowest moments or Jamie Tart's moment where he really starts to rebuild who he is, it is that moment with his father in front of everybody. No, no, that happens later. Um, no, that's what I'm or, talking or no, about. Oh, that's the one. Oh, see, I'm yeah. talking about the one at the end of this season where. Jamie makes the pass for Man City and wins the game. He's in that small little room with his father where his father is telling him, um, like, I didn't bring up my boy to to pass the ball. Maybe we're and thinking of, maybe I'm putting both scenes together because I'm thinking about when Roy hugs Jamie at the that's, end after that's, that. That's next season. Okay. That Well, that's very similar. That's one right. where, <clears throat> so that's, Jamie's back with AFC Richmond at that point. Okay. And they, All right. and they lose to Man City. That and his mm-hmm. father comes into the locker room to criticize. Right. Um, to say that AFC Richmond couldn't beat Man City because he's a Man City fan. And it's and that's when Jamie punches his father. 
and Roy. So that's Roy not Hunter. really his lowest moment. That's actually a very cathartic moment for him. So his mm-hmm. lower moment is probably at the season finale then of this yeah. episode. I, I just it, had the two confused in my head. And now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah. I think I think his lowest moment is where his father confronts him about passing the ball. What's his father in general is his yeah. lowest moment. Well, well, what, but also what makes that that moment so pivotal is that standing outside the door witnessing it is Ted. Yes. Ted's the one that sees that happen and Jamie sees Ted. Yeah. He knows that Ted has seen it. It's a very exposing, vulnerable moment for Jamie too. When when your personal life bleeds into your professional life, I've had that happen before, and it is an unnerving experience. I just had that happen recently, actually, at my job, and uh, and I remember feeling I came home that day, and I just felt like, oof, everybody just got too much of my personal life. And it wasn't because of me at all, right? It wasn't because I did anything or revealed anything or shared anything. It was just that everything kind of collided all in one moment. And all of a sudden, I just felt like vulnerable and exposed. But to come out of that, I came out of that feeling better, Mm -hmm. which is strange because I felt, I mean, I didn't even sleep that night. I just felt like, Oh, nothing's ever going to be the same at work again. They all, you know, but of course that's not true. Right. When you, when, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of others, people see you in a different light and they have a a greater appreciation for you. Um, People generally respond in a positive way to when people make themselves vulnerable to others. Mm -hmm. I guess that's yeah. my I, I said it in way too many words. That's that's no, the point I was trying to make. No, but I, I get that. I told I totally get that. So yeah, I think Jamie's lowest moment is any moment that he has with his father is yeah. one of his lowest. Well, until the end of the series. Um, because there's actually a very heartwarming ep- moment that happens. You know, uh I I and this is somebody with her own daddy issues, right? I would have, I have been okay, but I would have been okay with the fact that he was sitting in that nursing home and he didn't have anything he, to do he, with. He was not in a nursing home. He was in a rehab facility. Whatever, whatever it was, it would have been okay with me if he just sat there miserable that, that his son made himself the best he could possibly be without his father. Like, I'm okay with that. I well see I took it a little differently. I saw it like knowing he was in a rehab center that made me realize like okay, Jamie's father realized he himself had issues. He worked through those issues or is working through those issues to mend the relationship with his son. Because he knew those issues yeah. had an effect on his on his son. And I totally see where you're coming from, but I have no sympathy for Jamie Tart's father. Okay, fair enough. Throughout the entire, yeah, I just, and that's just my the the coldest, deadest, blackest part of my heart. <laughs> fair enough. You have every right, every right to feel that. Everybody way. has a cold, dead, black heart of part of their heart. We all have it, and it just <laughs> comes out in certain moments. And this is mine. So, <laughs> all right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um. The only other thing I have for for spoilers for this is, man, and it's it it's kind of made me cringe a little bit because when Jamie is giving the speech 
uh, after as he's getting ready to throw in his cleats and he talks about how his father always wanted him to be the person that scores the goal. He wanted him to be the star. Mm -hmm. But as he talks about his mother in that speech as well and, you know, how his mother always supported him and just wanted him to be happy. And he forgot about that. Like it wasn't about him playing football. It was more about him being happy. There's a moment where he says that his mom just wanted him to be his sexy little baby. <laughs> and I was like, because we see later on that very weird relationship yeah. he has with his mother. Yeah, no, I, and and I told when he said a sexy little baby, I was like, oh, and I was immediately transported to that episode yep. that you're talking about. I was like, oh man, Jamie, you just had a messed up life, didn't you, friend? Well, because when we, well, because when we, when we hear that the first time, we just kind of laugh at it because, like, right. that's something Jamie would call himself is a sexy but little his baby. His mom really did call him that. Yes, like they had. A very weird relationship. I, I'm not saying like weird as in like incestual because it's it nothing. was an Oedipus co complex. Okay, N maybe a little bit. There was a, maybe little a little bit. bit a little bit. If uh, he right. could have, if he could have breastfed from her in that moment, he would have. I think, in a way, emotionally, he was breastfeeding. From her. Stop! <laughs> stop! <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Sorry. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> All right. Let's let's bring everybody back in. And on that note. And talk about quotes of the episode. <laughs> oh man. Trust me. If if you're just coming back in and you're hearing Kristen gag, that is for good reason. What a great moment that we ended that on. Um, I, 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 I love, like I said, in the beginning, Nate asking coach beard, like, is he all right? And Beard's like, no. And then because he knows Ted so well to know, like Ted is going through some shit right now. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I'll say another one of mine to when Ted and Rebecca are having the conversation in the beginning and Rebecca calls Ted's plan to bench Jamie a master stroke. And Ted replies, I don't believe we're allowed to talk like that at work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it when Ted Lasso says, I feel like we fell out of a lucky tree, hit every branch on the way down, and ended up in a pool of cash and Sour Patch Kids. Yep. <laughs> Which, after I watched that episode, I had two Halloween-sized bags of um, Sour Patch Kids after that. And I'm like, why don't I eat these more? These are delicious. <laughs> One of the, the lines that made me laugh the hardest in this episode, uh, Sam asking Ted, uh, Coach, is it true that in America you have so many beautiful dogs and pounds that some have to be put down for no reason? And Ted responds, that is true, Sam. But it's also something that a lot of female singer-songwriters are trying to change. <laughs> that every single time I hear Sarah McLaughlin, to this day, I'm like, turn it off. Turn it yeah. off. I see the shaking one-eyed dog every single time. <laughs> Any one of her songs play, I just see that one. It, I think it's a it's a Shisu or a Lhasa Opso or something has one eye and it's shaking. <laughs> it's trembling. And it's in the arms of... And you're just like, stop it. Stop it now. Stop. Cut it out. Knock it off. Um, I do like the the 
quote back and forth. It's going to take me a minute to do this um, with the whole plan um, thing, because I don't know about you, but I've had conversations like this where after you say a word enough times, it's just the word makes zero sense after that. It it sounds like you're wrong. Yeah. At this point. it's a, uh, they want Jamie back if you are planning to bench him. I'm not planning on that. No, my plan is for my plan to work. But you know what they say about the best laid plans, right? They, I said plan too many times. Words lost, it's all meaning now. Plan, plan, plan. Doesn't matter. Hey, you tell Man City that this man has a plan. Plan, plan, plan. <laughs> Rebecca, plan. Ted, plan. Rebecca, not plan. Ted, plan. Rebecca, plan. Ted, plan. <laughs> Rebecca, like flan, plan. Oh, flan, plan. Uh, yeah. No, plan. Uh, Ted, flan, the dessert? <laughs> Rebecca, yes, like flan. Ted, yuck, no, I don't dig on flan. <laughs> Ted Lasso, plan, plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then to continue it on later on when he walks into the coach's room, he's like, plan, plan. Word become a sound? What's that called again? Semantics, semantics satiation. Yeah. yeah. Like and another moment of like weirdo beardo just been like, how do you know this? Because like, that it's semantic satiation. Yep. Like, just another moment of the mystery of beard. I love it. Uh, I love after Ted tells Jamie that he's got to set up the cones and there's the whole confrontation and everybody leaves the locker room and it's just left with Jamie and Roy sitting in the locker room and Roy's just like, Ooh, that's got a sting. <laughs> Cheers. And then yes, <laughs> just walks up. Yes. And then he, I don't remember the exact line, but he does it again later on. He says something to Jamie out on the pitch. And, and as he's walking off, he's like, cheers again. And then just walks off. Because seeing Jamie put down a peg makes Roy so happy. Yes. Well, it would make me happy too to see somebody who just never got what they deserved finally get what they deserve. That's a really good moment. Well, even in like we see that a little bit with Nate as well. Like, because Ted Mm -hmm. says something like, like, what I'm trying to make this hurt in his soul. And Nate starts laughing. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed at that. (laughs) Well, we see a little, we see a little bit of, uh, of, of Nate come out just a little bit. Yeah. Well, because Nate's also happy because this is a man who's been putting him down and picking on him. Tormenting him. him. Yeah. yeah. So Nate is absolutely reveling in the enjoyment of seeing Jamie put down a peg. But so is probably Colin and McAdoo as well. I mean, think about it. They have been under Jamie's thumb for a really long time. And now they finally have the confidence and they feel that they have the backup and the spine to say, you know what? No, no, I am not going to do that. I don't think Colin and McAdoo are getting enjoyment out of it. I think confidence is what they're getting out, like you mentioned. Right. I don't but know no, if they're no, no. enjoying it. I think that they're it. just like, you know what? That's right. You know what? We don't have to do what you say anymore. We don't have to do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, exactly. to me, that's that's cool. It's getting out from under your bully, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I can tell you right now, too, like it's it's weird because I kind of – I I kind of see a lot of similarities too, because like, I remember like when I played, I actually played soccer in high school and I had some football. Well, it was soccer when we played. I know. Um, I did play soccer in in high school and there was another member on the team. His name was Joe. I will refrain from last name. Um, Joe and I did not get along. Like he was somebody I was picked on a lot by Joe because I was smaller. He was taller. Um, And it actually did take a moment of kind of 
something happening to both of us at the same time that kind of brought us together that we actually became friends after that and remained friends throughout all of high school. That's awesome. Um, we actually got injured in the same game and ended up having to sit out two or three games together on the bench. So we were forced to sit next to each other on the bench watching the game. And, and we that were brought actually, as equals. That actually, yeah, that actually mm -hmm. made us closer. Yep. Um, to the point where there was one game where the game that we both returned from and returned to, we each scored a goal and each goal was assisted by the other. Like the score, the goal that Joe scored, I assisted on. Your coach and, probably felt <laughs> so good about that. He had his own Ted Lasso moment at that point, probably. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Because the I'm goal sure he still I, thinks about that. The goal that I scored was assisted by Joe. If that like, if it, that coach is still alive, my guess is that he watched Ted Lasso and was like, "That was Ben and Joe. <laughs> I did that, Ben and Joe." <laughs> but I, but again, like I still think about that because that's a great memory. Like I love that I got to connect with somebody who bullied me. That's awesome. Not bullied, like he didn't push me around. It was more verbal than anything, but still. If I ever like, came into face to face with any of my seventh grade bullies, I would not be kind. I really hey. don't think I would be. I mean, I, I want to think so. Okay. I want to think that I would be <laughs> kind. I want to think that I would be the better person, but I just have a feeling that my, <laughs> I have a feeling I would not, I would not be proud of myself by the end of that. <laughs> that's, that's all. Hey, that's completely fair. That's completely At least fair. I'm self-aware. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. Penny tried to call her bullies in Big Bang Theory to apologize when she realized that she was the bully, and none of them accepted her apology. So, look, it is what I it is. Wouldn't... I wouldn't. And to be completely honest with you, had Joe and I probably not gotten injured in the same game and sat out two games yeah. together, I don't think I would have ever forgiven Joe. But well, being... I would probably, <laughs> I have forgiven them for what they did to me, but I would still, I wouldn't piss in their ear if their brain was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I love that insult so much. I was I, I was really excited to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was a great callback. But yeah, I don't think if Joe and I were ever sat down and benched together for two games, I don't think we would have ever connected. Yeah. It took like And you it's said, okay it to forgive somebody without accepting their apology, without without yeah. making them feel better. Yeah. Like it's I forgiving, forgive but you, not forgetting. Yeah, I forgive you because I needed that. But you can go be very unsuccessful and live in a trailer park for the rest of your life eating mayonnaise sandwiches. Like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be sad. Yeah. But no, you, you hit the nail on the head. It took something bringing Joe and I to be equals. Yes. For us to kind of relate to one another. Yes. And then, like I said, a friendship grew out of it, which is great. And, I, and there are times every once in a while I wonder whatever happened to Joe. I wonder where he's at. That's what Facebook is for. That's true. I might have to. <laughs> I might have to look him up. There you go. Uh, any well, other? My bullies are all married now, so I can't even look them up because they were all girls. <laughs> they changed their names. <laughs> um, any other final notes on on this episode? Any quotes or anything like that? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, so then with that being said, that brings us to the feedback portion of the episode in which, uh, once again, we have a feedback of 
comment from somebody on Facebook as well as a voicemail from our friend Steve Brown. So let's do the Facebook feedback first. And that comes once again from uh, Lindsay Schlicht. Uh, and she says, Rebecca imitating how Ted says plan had me dying. Mm-hmm. I love when people imitate how weird we sound. Uh, yay, Danny Rojas is here. I didn't realize he joined the show so early. I'm thrilled to have him on the show now. Uh, wow, was it a little weird to see Ted lose his temper a bit on Jamie? It's always scarier to see a mild-mannered person lose their temper than an angry person. Uh, loved this sweet moment between Sam and Rebecca. Sam is just a good person. I agree with Kristen. If I ever met the actor and he wasn't just like Sam, I'd be devastated. Yeah. Uh, another great episode, but I guess I'll be saying that every week. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Lindsay. I agree. Thank you, Lindsay, for the feedback, uh, last week and this week. Yes. Uh, and that brings us once again to a voicemail from our friend Steve Brown. So let's go ahead and play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is for Ted Lasso, episode six, Two Aces. Man, I forgot. And you guys are really making me see on this this rewatch uh, how much of anxiety this uh, is involved with the show. With Ted taking off his ring. Oh, <laughs> he's called Nate a sweetie. And Beard's like, and Nate's, is he okay? And Beard's like, no. Oh, yeah, this subplot of Manchester City wanting Jamie back. I, that's going to run through a little bit, I think. No spoilers. Oh, it's just practice. I feel there's a, a rant coming on here. <laughs> We're talking about practice, man. Practice. Oh, Isaac and Colin turning on Jamie. Okay, I think I read the whole shining frame thing, but you're going to have to explain it. Oh, Danny Rojas can play. Wait, did she just say Isaac's mother has two left hands? How does that work? Uh, Ted just said two aces, title of the episode. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, I remember now. The training room is cursed. I can't wait to this, how this plays out in this episode. Okay, the debate about the, the, the greatest Martin Scorsese film. I forgot totally about that. And gosh, I'm going to have to look at his film list again to figure out which one I think is the number one for Martin Scorsese. But of course, the real answer is Taxi Driver, the one nobody mentioned in this scene. <laughs> Why am I not surprised that Jamie doesn't understand what Pavlovian means? Oh, dang, I just got choked up. Sam telling Rebecca she's part of the team. Oh, oh Jamie does show up. For this burning. I love seeing all these background players that we don't know their names and everything. Oh, but Jamie showing up and with his shoes. That's just great. Oh, is this Jamie being very sincere? This story about his dad and oh, uh, ghost, prefer, ghost preserve, prefer empty bottles that we've drunk. I love it. Good job, Roy. Oh, and Rebecca leaves, but I think she's starting to soften. Uh, two aces again. Mic drop. So Jamie is recalled in this episode to Man City. Wow. Okay. Uh, can't wait to hear you guys talk about him. Um, whoosh. Uh, great times. Bye all. See you. Steve, Steve, it would have been interesting. The end. It would have been interesting to see one episode with him as a team player, and then the transfer went through. To see what he could have done. Yes. With AFC Richmond as a team player. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, for. It, just for a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it would have hit harder, I think, a little bit. Although um, this this hit pretty hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, seeing the anger out of Ted was a huge thing. I agree. That was that was huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, but thank you, Steve, for uh, for the feedback. And uh, as always, uh, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback. Every, um, and the easiest way to do that, go to our website, revisitedpod.com. 
There you can find out where to subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff. Or you can email us directly, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Send us an email or record yourself in a voicemail and send it to us that way. Uh, I was wrong. So two episodes is when we get one of Barbecue the best. Sauce. Yes. That's two episodes from now. Okay. However, next episode, season seven, or season one, episode seven, Make Rebecca Great Again. I is, hate that title. Sorry. Yeah, but it is a huge moment. Yeah, no, for, I, I know. I just hate the title. <laughs> oh, I know why you hate the title. Just because of who it reminds you of. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's another, it's a very huge pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. And it is a great moment that I love in this season. It's, it's just that the the episode the moment you and I were kind of like we can't wait to talk about it's happening. It's, yeah, it's two episodes from now, not one. Okay. So I was well, wrong. no, but I think the make Rebecca great again isn't that also when Ted has his anxiety attack? Yes, okay. that's the moment I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm excited. It is um, a it is a huge moment for Ted and Rebecca. I have a recommendation. Okay. I couldn't talk about it last week because you made me cry. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I did want to make a recommendation for anybody that isn't watching this show yet. My house misses Stranger Things. My house misses Stranger Things in a way that is like this deep longing for Stranger Things. And we can only rewatch Stranger Things so many times before it's, you know, no longer effective. Can you? So, no. Um, (laughs) however, Disney plus has come up with their own version and complete ripoff of stranger things, but I don't care because I have a stranger things hole in my life right now. And that's the show goosebumps, the brand new show goosebumps. Although I'm realizing that we probably should have watched the 1995 to 1998, uh, series first before watching this new one because there's a lot of allusions back to that series and the and, and the book series as a whole but it is a very um past and present kind of mix up with um instead of middle school students it's high school students and you know you've got the older the older generation of parents that were involved in something that happened 30 years ago in 1993 and their kids are now involved with it um and it's all the goosebumps deliciousness that is is happening and um one of the one of the stars is Justin Long who, who I love I love who, Justin Long and he's fantastic in this like he's Usually he's just like kind of a derpy, funny character. He's fantastic in this, like really, really good. Well, so, I mean, so my question is, isn't the original Goosebumps from the 90s just an anthology series? It kind is. of like, um, are you afraid of the dark? You know, it it's is. just it's just every episode is a different story. Right. But they take all of those episodes and they have now created it into one overarching arc that is together. So I, I, I want to ask then, have you seen the movie with Jack Black? No. You should watch that as well. Well, I have a feeling that me and my family are about to get real hardcore into Goosebumps because we miss Stranger Things so much. So anyways, we binged, I think, five or six episodes last night, like just all in a row. And um, 
It was great. It was really great. Like I had to do podcast prep last night late and I had to like all this other stuff, but it was just totally worth it. Cause at the end of every episode, my kids are like another, another. <laughs> and I was like, and they're like, is it too late? Do you have to prep? And I said, Nope, let's go. Come on. Let's do it again. Let's well, go. Let's we're go. out of episodes. Yeah. We're <laughs> almost out of episodes, but there's new episodes every Friday. Um, and there's three more episodes. I think seven, eight, nine, ten. Maybe it's you know, eight, nine, ten. I don't know. Anyways, it's ten episodes, <laughs> and we've only had seven, I think, so far, or six, whatever. I highly recommend it if you don't mind that it is one hundred percent a ripoff of Stranger Things. There are, yeah, there are ten episodes, and so far there has been seven. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm so, so. smart. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> it is on my list to watch too. Um, only because, like, I, like I said, I, I didn't watch the original show. I was out of the age range of when the show was out. It was, I, I was past the young adult phase once the the show came. Ninety five to ninety eight. Yeah, so I, I wasn't really too into into those at the time. Um, however, I did watch the the movie with Jack Black, and I very thoroughly enjoyed that. Movie. Okay, was, I'll write I, that down. I, um, I, I thought I, the movie was a lot of fun, and it does reference a lot of like. So basically, the plot nineties nostalgia. It's awesome. Well, so the basically the plot of the movie is that a kid moves in to a house, and the person who lives next door is R.L. Stein. And he so, has all these original Goosebumps manuscripts on a shelf. And anytime you open one, it releases the the creature within. So with you saying that, you have to watch the new one then because it does. There are a lot of links. There's okay. a lot of links. I never read Goosebumps because I read all of R.L. Stein's Fear Street books mm -hmm. i was in the older the i i read the older kid versions of all of his books and stories i was a huge rl stein fan when i was a teenager huge and so goosebumps was always the younger version of everything so it's really fun to experience goosebumps now as an rl stein fan and as a mom uh the one thing i'm wondering if the if the television show did what the movie did and that is give rl stein a cameo nope not yet. Because uh, because R.L. Stein is in the Goosebumps movie. He yeah. does have a cameo in the Goosebumps movie. He he has not shown up yet. How's that? I don't know if he's going to show up because we're still in the season, but I really hope that there's more seasons. I think it's a really good alternative to Stranger Things for kids that may not be ready for Stranger Things, but still want a show that's kind of like that. I think it's a perfect medium. Um. So. Oh, I'm seeing that Rachel Harris is also in Goosebumps. The blonde one. She plays Nora. Yeah, she's a great character. I love she's, Rachel Harris. I think well, she's, she's phenomenal in this. She oh, really, Rob Hubel is Rob Hubel's in the is in the show some, too. Yeah, there's some really good. And the kid that plays Isaiah, he's the quarterback of the football team. He is really good. His real name, this. if you want to talk about a '90s reference, his real name Zach Morris. Of course, it is. <laughs> Of course, that's probably why he was hired. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. I will. Like I said, it's on my list to watch. So I'll have to. I'll have to watch that. And, yeah. Uh, assign me Goosebumps, uh, the movie. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> for movie swap. Yeah, why not? <laughs> we haven't done one in a while. We're going to have to get back to it and do one again. Well, OK. Um, so, yeah, for those of you who listen to movie swap, my uh, my movie, it was a Matthew Perry movie. And I told Ben that I'm not. Not, not maybe next week. Well, okay. To be fair, 
it's you've been had that movie for almost a month now and hadn't watched it yet, even before Matthew. And my life is insane. I know. Well, I mean, the beautiful, the, the great thing about movie swap is that we do them when we can. It's not yeah. anything that has to be done like on a weekly one. basis. Yeah. So this one, we're very, like I said, we're recording this episode a week in advance because yeah. I'm away next. Well, at the time you're listening to this, I'm away. Um, so we wanted to make sure we didn't miss a week. So we're we're trying not to do what we did with Lost. Right. And we've and, done very good, except for my last minute emergency <laughs> two which, weeks ago. Which was completely understandable. Right. Like I even said to you in that moment, I was like, do you need to postpone? And you were like, no, no, we're good. And then it was literally maybe like a minute before we were getting ready to record. You were like, nope, I, we, we, we gotta, we gotta, gotta stop. go. And I was like, yep. yep. I was like, totally understandable. It was a legit reason to not be able to record. <laughs> yeah. Um and it wasn't like it took us like a month to come back. We were no, back, we came back that week, the next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but we're, with we're movie total swap, pros. but with movie swap, we kind of like fly by the seat of our pains. Exactly. We do them yeah. when we can be, but they're fun when we can do them. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, now we gotta, we gotta pivot a little bit so that you don't have to watch that Matthew Perry movie. No, I'm going to watch it. Just give me a few days. Well, you've got time. I was gonna I was gonna sit down and watch it last night after the goosebumps thing, but then you texted me and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you had no, I'm not gonna say that. Shut up. Um, okay. I, I want to make a quick recommendation too. Okay. Um, I got the new Spider-Man game for PS5. Oh. Already beat it. Wow. Already beat it, already unlocked all the suits, already unlocked all the gadgets, all the skills. Everything. I couldn't stop playing this game. This game, Kristen, let me tell you. This game has absolutely everything. The first game, there was an element of the main story that made me cry because of how sad it was. And for a video game to make me cry says a lot. This game had me had side stories that got me emotional. Ooh. And the main story had me crying both happy and sad. That's awesome. It is such incredible storytelling in this game. It's, That's awesome. it's better than Spider-Man and it's better than Spider-Man Miles Morales. And there are so many Easter eggs that set up a third game. That's awesome. That set up a Spider-Man 3 that I'm like, yeah, I, I will replay this game and soon. It's it's incredible. If you have a PS5, I do get Spider-Man 2. Not not just you, but listeners. Yes, but I just wanted to say I do. I know you do. Well, you need to play the first Spider-Man. I need to completely. I need a hundred percent complete Hogwarts. Hogwarts. I need to start Hogwarts. So. But um, I think that's about it. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. Um. So with that said, uh, once again, want to make mention of all the great stuff over at Podcastica as well. Uh, check out Strange Indeed. Check out The Cast of Us. Uh, all the great stuff that's being covered over there. Daphne and Paik on Run for Your Lives. Uh, they just wrapped up their season. They're getting ready to launch into their next one because they go right from one season into the next. Um, you know, and the uh, the the Buffyverse. There's, there's so many great shows over there. Easiest way to check them out, podcastica.com. Check out all the great shows over there. And as Kristen and I mentioned with um, Movie Swap, 
all of that over is at my Wilhelm podcast. So go over to wilhelmpodcast.com and you will be able to check out that. I don't know. It may be a while before I get footage and audio of the panels I am moderating right now and currently in Rhode Island Comic Con uh, because of the actor strike. So it might take some time before we're legally allowed to have any of that. Uh, but once I do, audio of those panels are going to be online as part of Wilhelm. Uh, and let me tell you, I am incredibly excited for the panels that I have. I'm excited for you. Uh, Christina, I have a one-on-one with Christina Ricci, That's as you know, from like Adam's family and yellow jackets one-on-one with Chris Sarandon, who is the, who is uh, Prince Humperdinck in the princess bride, as well as the voice of Jack Skellington in nightmare before Christmas. Uh, I have a one-on-one with Anson Mount, who is currently captain Pike on star Trek, strange new worlds. And I am on stage with five members of the brat pack, four of which are from the breakfast club. So Andrew McCarthy, from Pretty in Pink, and then we have Molly Ringwald, Ali Sheedy, Anthony Michael Hall, and Judd fucking Nelson. No uh, Emilio. No Emilio. Um, so I will be on stage with the Breakfast Club uh, th- this weekend in Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, I'd love to see a con where they got all of the outsiders, all the remaining outsiders from the movie. Well, because, yeah, you couldn't do Swayze, obviously. No, but you could do everybody else, yeah. minus Tom Cruise. If if Rob Lowe ever did cons. Yeah, that'd I mean, be fun. He'd yeah. be a fun person to get. I've been, I'm actually trying to get Rob on Wilhelm, but I can't do it now only because of the strike. Because uh, I want to talk to him podcaster to podcaster. Because yeah. he is actually a really great podcaster. I've heard that. His podcast literally is amazing. That's awesome. Um. So yeah, so all of that, all of those panels, once I'm able to get audio and video of them, will be up on Wilhelm as well. Uh, so wilhelmpodcast.com is where you can check that out. Now, that said, uh, thank you as always for being a part of this uh, Revisited family, for listening, subscribing, leaving feedback, all that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Namaste, baby. <laughs> it's still great. <laughs>